0: Welcome to Spark Creators, a podcast that empowers kids to learn, create, and become. This podcast invites creators and entrepreneurs from all over to share their stories and ideas. We believe every kid is creative. It's just a matter of taking that first step and starting now. We hope this podcast can inspire you to create something that makes a difference in the world. If you want to stay inspired, remember to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Or visit us at peachandplumlab.com slash podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to Spark. I am the host, Lee. I am the co-host, Reem Richard I am 10 years old and I go to Ohlone Elementary School.
1: We are so thrilled to have uh, Catherine Kamella to join us today. I have came across Catherine's story on both English and Chinese articles, as references on TED Talks, and of course, on many YouTube videos. So she was even being invited to speak in Taiwan and re- and has received a Hero Award from Taiwanese president. So I was so amazed by Catherine's compassion and her love toward others that I thought we have to bring her to Spark to share on our Small Hots Big Love series, yeah.
0: Catherine started donating bed nets to African countries since she was five years old. Over the past 13 years, she has worked with a non organization called Nothing But Net and has raised two to three million, donated thousands of mosquito nets to save same African kids and family from malaria. It was really great to meet you, Catherine.
1: Yeah, so Catherine, first, can you say hi to our listeners and maybe introduce yourself?
2: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Uh, That was very, very special. Um, My name is Catherine Kamali. I'm 18 years old. Um, I live in Pennsylvania in the United States. Um, I'm actually a current senior in high school, so I just got finished through the college process, and I'm kind of figuring out where I'll be spending the next four years. Um, But like you guys said, nothing but nets um, and sending mosquito nets to Africa has been a massive part of my life since I was five years old. So this has really been um, a journey that I've been able to go through for the past 12 to 13 years, and I'm very thankful to be on your show today.
0: Um, I know you probably have told your stories hundreds of times, but still, it is best if you can tell us the story rather than we say it. Can you tell us about the TV show (laughs) you and your mom watched from the very beginning in 2006? How did that mark your first step into donating bed nets to fight malaria in Africa?
2: Sure, absolutely. So like you said, that was in 2006. um, So 13 years ago, which is crazy to think about. Um, But my mom actually saw a TV show on PBS called Malaria Fever Wars. Um, And during that program, she learned the statistic that every 30 seconds a child dies from malaria. And she was, you know, incredibly saddened at learning that devastating statistic. Um, You know, the next morning at breakfast, she was kind of explaining this to my dad. And I was a very curious kid. So classic me. I was like overhearing on the conversation, really interested in what she was talking about. And when she said that statistic that every 30 seconds a child dies from malaria in Africa, I was five years old, I looked down at my hands and I counted to 30 on my fingers. And after I got to 30 seconds, I looked up to my mom and I said, mom, did a child just die? And you know, she said, yes, Catherine, but there's this amazing thing called a mosquito net that can protect the families and the children from mosquitoes and malaria and the disease. So I said, all right, mom, we're sending nets to Africa. Um, So that statistic is really what struck both my mom and I at the very beginning
1: yeah that's pretty amazing to hear that you know um, not only you like but you your mom and your dad as a whole family is having this kind of compassion and uh, really uh, trying to show your kindness you know to people on the other side of the globe and that is pretty amazing so I often ask our guests about their family background and also the environment where they've grown up so we can have a general idea about like how they were influenced by their parents or their background so can you tell us a little? a bit about your family and the environment where you've grown up?
2: Absolutely. So like you said, my parents have been so, so supportive of not only this project, but me growing up in general. They're always supportive of, um, I wanted to try soccer when I was a kid. I was very, very bad, but they were like, yes, Catherine, uh, you can do it. They were always very supportive of me and whichever endeavors I took. Um, So like I said, I live about an hour from Philadelphia. I grew up in a suburb um, in Pennsylvania. And um, my dad was a math teacher his whole life. And it's funny, I actually got an idea to raise money for bed nets through my dad. So he used to get a lot of gift certificates and gift cards as a teacher for Christmas. He brought um, so, so many home and I said, Dad, what if we made a bed net gift card or what we call it now, a bed net certificate. So instead of, you know, buying your teacher a gift card to Starbucks or to Barnes and Noble, you can buy a bed net in their honor. So that's really how I raised a lot of my money. And it's funny now looking back that because he was a teacher and because of that environment that he brought home and shared with me, we were able to create this product to sell so, so many thousands of nets
1: yeah that's pretty amazing a certificate means so much you know like to um yeah just like as even though it's just a piece of paper but it has so much like love and also compassion you know like involved into that piece of paper and uh And yeah, everybody would feel like this is something special that I, you know, got um, kind of recognized for, right?
2: Absolutely. Yes. I used to give them to all my teachers. You know, like you said, they're just a piece of paper, but they hold so much meaning in them. Um, You know, it says the statistic that first struck me that every 30 seconds a child dies, but it also says I'm buying a net in your honor and you're helping eradicate this disease and helping less and less children die from malaria. So that was really special for me. Um, And at first I was like the only one hand decorating them, but then I brought it to my school and different churches. So we have this plethora of bed net certificates now decorated by thousands of kids, um, which is really, really special.
0: I always thought it's like hard to do a big project as a kid. First, we may not have the ability or money. Second, we may or may not get support all the time so first time when you saved your lunch money secretly wanting to buy the bed net what were you thinking were you afraid that your parents would not support you
2: absolutely that's a very good point sometimes you're afraid to kind of speak out about what you truly love Um, but like i said my parents were really on board my mom was actually the one who introduced this concept to me and showed me that just one ten dollar bed net can save You know, a child's life and their entire family because, you know, five to six people can sleep under a bed net at one time. Um, So, you know, even as a five year old, I knew that I had ten dollars to spare to save a few lives. So when I went to my mom at first and I said we started very small, we did a lemonade stand at first and I put that money towards sending nets to Africa. So they were always so incredibly supportive. Um, And I know that's not the case for everyone. So I'm extraordinarily grateful for that. Um, Additionally, I also go to United Methodist Church by my house and they were equally as supportive. Um, I was able to show different Sunday school classes the concept of a little mosquito flying into a hut and stinging people and what a bed net can do. The mosquito, you know, I can't get through. It was a very tangible thing that I could show um, students and little kids, something that is very, very easy to understand. Um so, yes, I'm extraordinarily grateful for all the support that I had at such a young age. Um, it's kind of ambitious as a five-year-old to say, I want to save the world and eradicate malaria. Um, but I'm really, really grateful for the people that bought into that and helped me through my journey thus far.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that video where you were standing actually on the stage. I think it's in a church. Yeah, mm-hmm. And uh, you get mm-hmm. the pastors to pay right in front of you with cash, right? Yeah, for the certificate <laughs> you're making. Oh, for yeah. Them. yeah, yeah. So, Catherine, I know you have been working with uh, Nothing But Nets for 13 years now, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, in the beginning, you started a campaign called One Bad Net at a Time. And over the years, I'm sure you have done a lot, learned a lot and grown a lot. So we would love to hear more about your stories and how, what kind of lessons have you learned along the journey. And so can you share a little bit with us like some of your most memorable milestones you did with Nothing But Net and also some of the insights you gain along the way?
2: Absolutely, so the first one that comes to mind and my very first milestone was getting the call from the United Nations Foundation. Um, like I said, I had put on a fundraiser at my church and I raised about $1,500 in one weekend. And so we sent it to the United Nations Foundation. Um, And at the time, they were about to kick off a new malaria prevention campaign called Nothing But Nets. So it's actually kind of funny. It wasn't even created by the time that I was sending this money as a young child. Um, So when they received this money from a little girl in Pennsylvania, they really wanted to know more about who I was, um, who my family was, and what I was doing to um, help send nets to those in need. So they asked They called us up. They asked both my mom and I if we would be interested in being spokespeople for the new campaign that they were putting on Nothing But Nets. Um, There's actually a funny story. I was in kindergarten at the time and I said, yes, I'd love to be a spokesperson, but only in the afternoon because I have kindergarten in the morning. (laughs) Um, So that's a funny story that we always like to go back to. Um, But getting that call. And that outreach from the United Nations Foundation, um, I didn't understand it as a five-year-old, but I absolutely understand it now how amazing the United Nations Foundation is and what they do. And I'm so honored to be one of the first spokespeople for Nothing But Nets. Um, and the fact that my mom and I still you know, do events for them um, is really, really special to me.
1: Yeah, you, you thought you um, thought it's like the smoke person supposed like it's like a full-time job that you have to do it every single day, huh? kind of Right. Yeah. So so I'm That's, busy in the morning, but in the afternoon I can do the smoke person.
2: Exactly. That's how my little 5-year-old mind thought um, but I soon learned that it wasn't that rigorous of a job, but it was really really meaningful um, to my childhood and growing up, being able to meet different people from different walks of life um, and seeing who really loves to care for other people and loves to send these bed nets um was absolutely incredible
1: but even when you were just five like you were already, you know like to take this full-time what you think is a full-time job you know to be the spokesperson yeah for uh, the yeah for the united nations so what are some other like milestones did you achieve yeah along the way
2: Absolutely. So through um, that spokesperson role that my mom and I took on, we got to travel to many, many churches and congregations, um, and the overall fundraising experience for me was absolutely mem- memorable. Um, it's kind of funny. I raised some of the most money at this very, very small church um, called um malvern united methodist church right in malvern pennsylvania and we you know we walked into the church there was only about 25 to 30 people sitting in the pews um and we were like okay this might be like we're really excited to you know share our story but this might be a little less of a fundraising event Um, but it turned out that they brought their hearts together and they brought their money together and they gave so much and we could just feel the love and compassion, um, that they felt for this story, which was truly amazing because a group of 30 people, um, and the amount of money that, that they raised and, um, how much they bought into this story was, was truly incredible. Um, so, you know, from small to big churches, from small to big conferences, was was truly a memorable experience. Um, and uh, later, once we raised um you know money at some of these churches, my mom and I actually ended up on the front page of the New York Times. Um, which was absolutely incredible and something that we were not expecting. Um, And what was funny about that story is that the writer actually put my mom's email um, in the story. And you know how many people read the New York Times. It's absolutely crazy. Um, So, you know, the next few days, my mom had hundreds of maybe even thousands of emails in her inbox saying, we would love to get some of your bed net certificates, as I was talking about earlier, and we'd love to give them um, to these people. And it's truly incredible how much a newspaper and, um, you know, social media and the public media can really spread the word and spread the message. Um, and to this day, we actually have like regular people who email us every Christmas time and they donate, you know, 300, 400, $500. And then we send them over some bed net certificates. And that's something that they do every year. They give their family members bed net certificates. Um, and it's truly amazing. Like there's this one man um who lives in France that I remember every single year because he sends me this amazing letter and you know wishes me the best. So he's been with us for the past 14 years and there are countless others like that. So while daunting at first my mom receiving all those emails, it was truly a blessing, and that's one of like the biggest exposures we've ever had um to you know get our message out and get this idea of a bed net certificate out to a bunch of people.
0: Oh, thanks for sharing, Catherine. You've done so much for kids and families in Africa. If I also want to raise money to help a certain cause, where do you suggest me start?
2: Yeah, so first and foremost, I truly believe that anyone at any age can make a difference. Um, You know, if you would have asked me and my parents if little five-year-old Catherine would have continued Uh, her fundraising efforts for so so many years and made such a big impact we would have said what are you talking about like there's no way that's going to happen so I truly um, advise anyone who has a passion for something to you know take that on and find a support team Um, whether that be through your parents or your congregation or your school I truly truly advise you um, to you know reach out and make that positive impact on someone's life Um, I also say don't be afraid to ask for help you know I was so, so blessed, like I was telling you guys about earlier, to have... Um, such supportive parents and a a great background that would help me um, through this process. But don't be afraid to ask for help if you're really close with your aunt or uncle, ask them for help or your grandparents, someone that will truly buy in to what your passion is. Um, And then lastly, decide who's the best audience for what you're trying to accomplish. So for me, you know, I started really small with my church, Um, then I went to little churches around my area, and then it became into bigger conferences. And most recently, it's been for, um, like, nonprofit and And bigger, bigger conferences through the United Nations, which you can reach a lot more people. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And also don't be afraid to start small because who would have thought that my little lemonade stand and that first little fundraiser that I did at my church um, would have blown up into something so profound.
1: Great, yeah. We knew that you had a great family, you know, who's always there helping you and supporting you. So, what kind of role does each and every one play in your campaign or the work that you have done with Nothing But Nets? Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Um, So, you know, I've really talked about my supportive parents, but I also don't want to leave out my amazing little brother, Joseph. Um, He is 15 years old now um, in 10th grade. And when we grew up, we were really, you know, uh, the whole family was um, bought into this and we all really helped each other out. And, you know, we all traveled as a family to these different presentations. Um, And while it was a small task at first, my brother ended up being the mosquito in that little um, act that we put on. So I would be the little girl that would say, hey, guys, do you need a bed net? I would hang up the bed net and then my brother would buzz in um, with the little mosquito toy that we had. Um, So that was great for him. You know, like as a three year old, I was five. um, That little part that he played at the very beginning was really profound. And he just had an amazing time. Um, More recently, he's really helped me with the behind the scenes stuff. So um, I actually, after I went to Taiwan, like you were saying earlier, and I spoke to all those people, I really wanted to compile um, that trip into, you know, one space. So he helped me design a website that kind of outlaid, um, outlined everything that I did there. And to go back and look at that is not only really special for me, because that was such an amazing trip um, in my life, but also gave him something to do. He's really tech savvy and um, is into a lot of video and photo editing so for him to have a part in all of this is really really special for him and just like my parents he has been extraordinarily supportive um you know has carried my bags helped me carry my bags uh to and from when we're on big trips um just always my biggest supporter which i'm really thankful for
1: you know your story really showed us that your parents and your brother and everybody as a whole family um yeah plays such an important role in terms of supporting and guiding you so uh can you tell us a little bit about like what do you think some of the family traits or some great qualities that you find in your family members while you're growing up? Like now you are, you know, like um in, in high school, right? Almost getting, yeah, at the end of your high school and, and from five years old all the way up right now, like do you see those qualities shine in your family? Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So something that I'm really thankful for is my parents Um, Kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone. So the biggest thing that I can think of was this trip to Taiwan this past summer. Um, I was actually extremely hesitant about going over. I was, you know, worried about the long travel time and adjusting to the new time zone, as well as not being able to speak the language in Taiwan. Um, And they said, you know, Catherine, you've been on this journey for such a long time. And now you have this amazing opportunity to fly out to Taiwan, to fly out to a foreign country and reach an entire new group of people. Um, And it really, you know, took me a while to say yes to the trip because I was really nervous about um, kind of performing at a different level. Like I said, this was only last year. So I kind of felt this new responsibility Um, like I wasn't a little kid anymore. This was all going to be on me. Um, I would have to do interviews alone, I would have to present alone, and I was honestly really, really nervous, Um, but my mom said, Catherine, you've been speaking in front of audiences bigger than 5,000, you have so much comfort speaking, public speaking, Um, she said, Catherine, you got this, like, even if you're not sure about it now, even if you're even not sure about it while you're walking up on the stage, I know you got this, Catherine. Um, So it was really my parents that pushed me and convinced me to do that trip. And looking back, it was probably the most phenomenal and profound experience I've had traveling to a new country, meeting little kids who saw me as like a hero was so surreal. I couldn't believe it when I went over there. Um, And I'm so glad that I had my family to say, Catherine, you got this, even when I was the one doubting myself.
1: Wow. Yeah, we didn't know the back, you know, stories uh, all about this. Yeah, because I saw the video where Absolutely. you, yeah, when you visited Taiwan as a speaker and all those kids, you know, like really looking so up to you as a role model, you know, for uh, caring and loving for, for kids in Africa. and And so I'm just wondering about have you ever um wondered you know your love and also this kind of um compassion is spreading around the globe and and have you ever thought about how many kids and and lives you have impacted actually beyond um bed nets you know it's like it's your action like the way how you are working toward a goal and something that you're passionate about and that kind of passion and compassion that really impacted a lot of kids yeah have you ever think about that yeah
2: Absolutely. So, you know, when I got the invitation to Taiwan, I said, what? Taiwan? How did my story get over there? I was, you know, honestly, really surprised by it. And even, you know, after I committed to the trip and I was really excited to travel over, it, I don't think it truly hit me until I walked into the Maria Social Welfare Foundation, um, which is who sponsored the trip and who invited me there. And I saw a group of loving kids just open arms so excited to see me i truly couldn't believe that they knew who i was um you know it was literally across the globe and these kids had known my story and like you said it wasn't just about nothing but nets it was about a young child and supporting young children, finding their passions um, and, you know, truly utilizing that and finding a good support system. So to see that firsthand was absolutely incredible. And I have such like a broad outlook on um, how, how one small person can make a massive difference, you know, whether that be in their community or it would be worldwide, uh, to see that firsthand was truly amazing.
1: Yeah. Your, your name and your story is also featured on a cardboard game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think a board game. Yeah. <laughs> so that is
0: really cool. Yeah. Exciting to see. Yeah. Like I know you've had like many successes, but what about difficulties or low points? Have you experienced any in life and how do you overcome that?
2: Absolutely. So kind of like I touched on earlier, the Taiwan trip really put me up to the test. Um, Like I said, I really had so much doubt in myself at the very beginning. It's funny, I think I have more stage right now than I did as a little five-year-old. And so to overcome that and to understand that I have more responsibility, you know, now as a young woman and a young adult um, was, was tough for me. Absolutely. So I as a young kid, you kind of, oh, you get the, you're a kid pass. It's okay if you mess up. Um, But now that I'm, you know, 17 when I was on the trip and now 18, I truly felt this new weight of responsibility. And I really don't like to let people down or, you know, kind of perform under expectations. So to travel to a new country and to have memorized this speech for something that I'm so passionate about, I just really wanted to to deliver it to the best of my ability Um, so like I said, there was a lot of doubt before I left on that trip, you know, even going onto a plane, I wasn't sure of myself. I wasn't sure that, um, the kids would like my speech. I wasn't sure that the people would regret inviting me over. Um, and I honestly wasn't sure in myself if I'd be able to deliver it in front of that many people, um, But like I said, once I was up there, once I felt the passion and the love from the students and the families and the teachers around me, I just got the motivation and the energy to really go out there and share what I'm passionate about. So to overcome that um, kind of just dealing with not having as much confidence in myself, you know, as an older adult, but then really truly seeing how much of a difference I made over there made me so much more confident. Um, and to see, you know, little students and little kids look up to me like that truly gave me the confidence to deliver that speech and do, do my best on that trip.
0: Um, like, as a kid, I have many interest areas. And I love many things. Even learning a hobby or an interest area, it's hard to stick to one forever. But you've been focusing on donating bed nets for 13 years. Yeah, or 14, right? 14 years. Yeah. Do you ever get distracted? And if so, what do you do?
2: Absolutely, it's a very good question. Um, so like I said, I've been so so passionate about this at such such a young age and it's kind of interesting how my thought process have has developed over the years. So at first You know, what really struck me is that there are children just like me, just like my five-year-old self dying from this awful disease, and that's really what I focused on for the first few years. And then it kind of adapted into, okay, I really, really am aiming to change the statistic from every 30 seconds to every 60 seconds to 90 seconds to 120 seconds. I really fixated on changing that so I could see a tangible change um i'm really like a, a kind of a math and science person so to see that change evolve over time was really important for me um once i you know got out of that elementary school stage into middle school that's what i fixated on and then most recently like i said i'm kind of a math and science person so to understand the science and the evolution behind the mosquito and how it evolves so quickly and why it's so hard to eradicate malaria because of that. You know, the mosquito reproduces and dies so, so quickly that all these mutations arise um, and that they can just keep carrying on this really deadly disease and just keep passing it around. So to kind of go through, um, at first, you know, it was very surface level. I saw the issue and I really wanted to make a change and then it became more a little bit more fixated and specific as I grew up. But this one passion has kind of been intertwined throughout that whole thing is that you know one bed net at a time can truly make a difference and that's one thing that has stayed the same even though my interest in malaria and sending nets has changed that one true passion has been there the whole time
1: you know um Catherine I'm just wondering because um yeah this whole series we are featuring like like Uh, kids or adults, you know, who have started something really when they were really young because of their love and compassion toward a certain topic, a cause, you know, or a group of people. Yeah. So are there any, like, suggestions do you have, you know, toward kids who may also feel something, like, related to animals, right, homeless or... Um, yeah just anything that they care about like what do you think are the actionable items things that they can do can can really put them you know like move them forward yeah maybe a, a lot of kids may just think oh this is something I care about and then that's it and the end you know there's no more continued stories about it yeah so but you were able to do something and also be consistent with this for 14 years and that's like incredible yeah like an incredible story that inspires everyone yeah can you share Visit us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. So if if there's one thing that I learned from starting this, you know, over the, over the past thirteen or fourteen years, is that anyone at any age can truly make a difference if they're passionate about something. Um, And, you know, just because my passion was for malaria and nothing but nets, that doesn't mean, like you said, that your passion can't be for um, the homeless or animals or environmental factors. So once you find that passion, I really, truly think that nothing can stop you after you find that one passion. Um, And like we were talking about earlier, that really strong support system is really what held me throughout this entire thing and pushed me out of my comfort zone to go to Taiwan and speak in front of people. Um, So the first thing I would suggest everyone does is find that one passion in their life and that could be absolutely anything. Um, Something that that truly just sparks sparks your heart and makes you want to do good for the world. Um, And then the second thing I would suggest people to do is just reach out to friends and family and get that sports system. So when you doubt yourself, like I doubted myself before Taiwan, you can have a sports system to say, no, you can do it. You got it. You've been doing this. Your passion is so strong. Um, So yeah.
0: Are you still raising funds for your campaign? If any kids or parents want to take action to help donating nets, what should they do?
2: Yeah, that's so nice. Um, so what you can do is go on to nothingbutnets.net, um, and there's a little um, kind of icon on the front screen that says you can donate now and donate your money. Um, it was actually really cute just today. I actually got an email from a seven-year-old boy who lives in New Zealand, Um And he said, Catherine, my mom told me about your story, and I took $100 of money that I've been saving, and now I'm sending it to Nothing But Nets. And they actually sent me this handwritten letter from this little seven-year-old boy, um, and it really, really touched my heart to see that he kind of had the same mindset that I did. Um, So you actually can send money and also a handwritten letter, and most of the time that it is kind of written to me or directed to me that they've heard my story, I'll always get an email or a letter that they sent it. Um, And I've actually been working on writing that little boy back because he kind of had that same passion that I did when I was five, six, and seven years old. Um, He said, Catherine, I want to do more to help. How can I do more? Give me that advice to do more. Um, So I'm going to write him back and kind of give him the same advice that I um, kind of learned throughout my year, so that was really special to receive that today,
1: yeah, wow, that's wonderful to hear, yeah, I'm sure probably along the way, you have like received a lot of letters letters similar like this, right? yeah, from little kids and all parents or from different org- organizations, yeah, so yeah, I really think your story inspired a lot of people trying to do something different, yeah, in the world, yeah, so. Uh, You said you were just getting ready, right, to apply for college. You just finished the application and you're ready to move on to the next stage. Um, Yeah. So what is your plan for the future? And uh, um, like, yeah, do you plan to keep working with uh, nothing but nets even in college, you know, or um, yeah, or do you plan to expand it or do you plan to like move on to something else? Yeah. Do you have like any ideas in your mind?
2: absolutely um so like i was kind of hinting at earlier i mentioned that i'm a big math and science person um, and i had truly amazing mentors and teachers throughout my high school experience and i decided to major in cell and molecular biology and part of the reason is that i found mosquitoes and the evolution of mosquitoes and um, not only malaria but different other um, diseases that pass so quickly like that so incredibly interesting so that is actually part of the reason why i am majoring in biology Um, Just last week, I actually committed to St. Joseph's University right in Philadelphia. I ended up receiving a full tuition scholarship through the McNulty Scholars Program, which picks three women a year pursuing careers in the STEM fields and kind of helps them um, create that, that stability and you know like that support system the mentors um, because it is pretty hard for women to uh, shine in the STEM fields Um, so I'm so incredibly thankful not only for the financial aspect of that scholarship that I got but just for the amount of support that I'm going to have and you know in my interview they asked if you could research one thing what would you research we'll give you as much money as you can what would you research I said I want to research the evolution of a mosquito because I want to know how we can fix this. I want to know how um, the mosquito evolves so quickly and how we can stop it from reproducing and spreading this awful disease. Um, and that's something that I truly hope to do, you know, if given the opportunity to research something like that or something within um, insecticides or, you know, different diseases that would truly be a goal of mine. Um, so I'm really excited about this program. I'm really excited about the opportunities that I'm gonna get. I'm going to get. Um, to, you know, travel to different STEM conferences or do different research, you know, around the U.S. and around the country, hopefully. So this program is extremely special and I'm really excited for the upcoming four years.
1: Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, It's amazing to hear that your childhood passion has actually impacted your choices like for your college and even, you know, like for the future, any kind of contribution you were planning to, like, to to give, right, to the society and everything. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Do do you have any last word um, to our kid audience? Um, Maybe you said you were actually going to major in STEM and I knew there are, Um, You know, like uh, not a lot of like girls probably, you know, like represented in the the STEM area. Yeah. Maybe you can give like some girls who may be thinking, pursuing that, like a little suggestions on that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I totally, totally encourage them to, you know, go into the STEM fields. I found such a love for biology. Um, You know, it honestly reminded me of how much love I had when I first started Bed Nets. It was kind of just this click in my mind after I started learning the material. I was like, I know I want to major in this and I know I want to pursue um, a career with this field. And I think it's absolutely incredible when women um, kind of take that massive leap forward and go into a field that, you know, is predominantly dominated by men. So I truly truly encourage any girl, any woman that's thinking about going into the STEM fields to to do it and you're going to outshine yourself um and outshine others if you're truly passionate about it and that's something that I really am truly passionate about biology um and I really hope hope to do well and you know make my parents and others proud.
0: Wow. Thank you. That was great. Thank you guys. I'm so happy we got a chance to talk. Thank you, Katherine, for sharing with us the power of impact, one bed net at a time. It's great to hear your stories and how your empathy leads you into saving millions of lives in Africa, donating bed nets through nothing but nets to fight malaria. We definitely learned that no matter what age you are, you can make an impact around your community or even around the world. As long as you find your true passion and follow your heart, we wish you all the best.
1: Yeah, uh, as Catherine mentioned, that true passion can really drive you and make a difference no matter what age you are. And don't forget to ask for help. If you need anything from your parents or want to learn about something, don't be afraid to reach out and ask. Thanks, Catherine, so much for joining us today. Uh, there was a little time confusion due to the time zone differ- difference, so it was hard to schedule, but we were so glad to chat with you. So again, this is Spark by Entrepreneur Kit, where all kids are empowered to learn, create, and become. I am your host, Lee. I am the co-host, Ria. We will see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Spark Creators Podcast at peachandplumlab.com.